It's Thursday, November 21st, 2019. 58 days into the impeachment inquiry and day five of impeachment hearings. And this is Impeachment Today. Good morning. I'm Hayes Brown, reporter and editor at BuzzFeed News. And, uh, wow, uh, that was a fucking day. So we're going to get you all caught up on yesterday's bombshell testimony ahead of the home stretch of this week's marathon of hearings. We learned a hell of a lot, so let's get the ball rolling. One of the most highly anticipated witnesses testified on Wednesday morning, and holy shit, the U.S. ambassador to the European Union delivered. Gordon Sondland told the House Intelligence Committee that there was a deal in play to trade a White House meeting in exchange for Ukraine announcing the investigations that Trump wanted for political reasons, the quid pro quo that Trump and his allies still deny to break the fancy Latin out. Mr. Giuliani's requests were a quid pro quo for arranging a White House visit for President Zelensky. Mr. Giuliani demanded that Ukraine make a public statement announcing the investigations of the 2016 election DNC server and Burisma. Mr. Giuliani was expressing the desires of the President of the United States, and we knew these investigations were important to the President. He also said that by early September, he'd concluded that nearly $400 million in military aid to Ukraine on hold would remain frozen until those investigations were announced. Here's him talking about it with the Democrats' lawyer. And you, you understood the Ukrainians received no credible explanation. Is that right? I certainly didn't, couldn't give them one. So is this kind of a 2 plus 2 equals 4 conclusion that you reached? Pretty much. It's the only logical conclusion to you that, given all of these factors, that the aid was also a part of this quid pro quo? Yep. Not only that, Sondland said that many, many people were aware of the efforts. The wheels on the bus were spattered with gore from all the people he ran over in the first hour and a half. Here's him first during his opening statement. If we wanted to get anything done with Ukraine, it was apparent to us we needed to talk to Rudy. Right. You understood that Mr. Giuliani spoke for the president, correct? That's correct. And the hits kept coming as he basically read off the administration's org chart. By this time, you and many top officials knew that that coveted White House meeting for President Zelensky was conditioned on these investigations, right? The announcement of the investigations. Correct. Thank you. Um, And that includes Secretary Pompeo, right? Many, many people. And, well, Secretary Pompeo? Yes. And Acting Chief of Staff Mulvaney? Yes. Oh, and we can't forget Vice President Mike Pence. Here's Sondland talking about a meeting held in advance of Mike Pence sitting down with the president of Ukraine. I spoke up at some point late in the meeting and said, it looks like everything is being held up until these statements get made. And that's my, you know, personal belief. Um, And Vice President Pence just nodded his head? Again, I don't recall any exchange or where he asked me any questions. I think he, it was sort of a duly noted. Well, he didn't say, Gordon, what are you talking about? No, he did not. He didn't say, what investigations? He did not. That is so many 
people who allegedly knew about the deal the president was allegedly angling to make. The Republican's lawyer responded by asking Sondland about testimony from last week's hearing that said that he was part of an irregular channel conducting a shadow foreign policy in Ukraine, basically going rogue. I'm not sure how someone could characterize something as an irregular channel when you're talking to the president of the United States, the secretary of state, the national security advisor, the chief of staff of the White House, the secretary of energy. I don't know how that's irregular if a bunch of uh, folks that are not in that channel are aggrieved for some reason for not being included. I don't know how they can consider us to be the irregular channel. That is honestly so Bad for the president, though? If Sondland is saying he did all of these things while briefing and updating and acting on behalf of the administration's top officials, that's bad for the White House. And through it all, there was never an official change in policy announced to the American people. Meanwhile, here's the best that ranking member Devin Nunes could drag up in his questions to Sondland. He basically complained that Sondland couldn't prepare properly because he didn't have testimony that an Office of Management and Budget official gave last Saturday, which hasn't been released yet. I would think it's obstruction of justice to not give the American people and give the ambassador the right to look at the transcript of the man who's in charge of the foreign aid in this town. Now, I could get into what he said, but the chair could release what he said. And we're not even allowed to call that witness here today. That might be a textbook example of a weak sauce argument, considering what a Democratic aide on the Intelligence Committee said Monday night. Nunes apparently had the opportunity to get any excerpts from the transcript he was yelling about. So I guess that they didn't need them after all. Sondland's memory has been uh, shaky in the past. After his first closed-door deposition, he had to add an update to say that, yes, he had talked about a quid pro quo with a Ukrainian official. In his new testimony, his memories were a bit clearer, but it wasn't exactly photographic, shall we say. Representative Sean Patrick Maloney of New York called him on some of his past equivocations in a pretty intense moment. Just went through this. When he asked you about investigations, which we all agree now means the Bidens, we just did this about 30 seconds ago. We, right? it, it's a pretty simple question, isn't it? I, I, guess, I guess I'm having trouble why you can't just say... When he asked about investigations, I assumed he meant... I know what you assume. Company. But who would benefit from an investigation of the Bidens? They're two different questions. I, they, I, I'm just asking you one. Who would benefit from, from an investigation of the Bidens? I assume President Trump would benefit. There we have it, see? <laughs> Didn't hurt a bit, did it? Didn't hurt a bit, but let me ask you something. Mr. Maloney. Hold on, sir. Excuse me. I've been very forthright, and I really resent what you're trying to do. Fair enough. You've been very forthright. This is your third try to do so, sir. Didn't work so well the first time, did it? We had a little declaration come in after. Remember that? And now we're here a third time, and we got a doozy of a statement from you this morning. There's a whole bunch of stuff you don't recall. So all due respect, sir, we appreciate your candor, but let's be really clear on what it took to get it out of you. I mean, holy shit, am I right? 
This time around, though, he's blamed the lack of clarity on the fact that he's been unable to review all of his files from the State Department, which is really clever, because the White House and State have been stonewalling Congress on any and all documents related to the inquiry. So by shifting the blame and teasing that there's more that he can't remember that's in them, Sondland is putting the ball in their court. And President Trump couldn't help but get involved because, of course, here's what he yelled at reporters outside the White House. He asked me the question, what do you want? I keep hearing all these things. What do you want? He finally gets me. I don't know him very well. I have not spoken to him much. This is not a man I know well. Seems like a nice guy, though. But I don't know him well. He was with other candidates. He actually supported other candidates. Not me. Came in late. But here's my response. Now, if you weren't fake news, you'd cover it properly. I say to the ambassador in response. He then reads off a piece of paper. I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. This is the final word of the president. Multiple cameras caught a shot of Trump's notes to himself ahead of that beautiful, uplifting speech. And that was exactly what they said in large black Sharpie. But uh, yeah, that's not a defense. Oh, and hopefully you caught that dig at Sondland for briefly abandoning Trump during the campaign when the Access Hollywood tape came out. Expect the attacks to get worse. Before we move on, we have BuzzFeed congressional correspondent Paul McLeod with his views from D.C. on how things were on Capitol Hill after Sondland's hella long hearing wrapped up. Hey, hey, this is Paul coming to you from outside the committee room where I just spent seven or eight hours now. Feeling a little bit delirious, if you can't tell. Uh, What a day. Maybe the most impactful day we've had of public hearing so far. Gordon Sondland, who once looked like he would be the top Trump defense witness, a guy who raised a million dollars for the president, got a plum ambassadorship, now sitting in front of the committee saying, yeah, I knew there was a quid pro quo. Everyone knew there was a quid pro quo. And Republicans, let me tell you, had no idea what to do off of the top. They looked miserable. They didn't know how to handle this witness. And then at a certain point, things really shifted. They honed in on Sondland saying that Trump never told him directly that there was a quid pro quo or that there was any demand of an investigation. And then they were just off and running, saying, look, you had no idea that this was the case. You just assumed this. You have no evidence against the president. So a real momentum shift from Republicans being flat-footed to being on the aggressive. But the Democrats feel great about today, too. We We had Adam Schiff giving his concluding remarks, and there was a standing ovation in the back of the room with people cheering. And now there's still dozens of people lined up to get into the committee room because we still have hours to go. I cannot believe it. But even though everyone is exhausted and everyone feels like the day has to be over after all of that dramatic testimony, no, we still have a whole evening session. And there are people milling about outside the room, lining up, waiting to get in. And I just say a prayer for the poor reporters who had to cover this thing all day and have to go back in for the evening. But luckily, that is not me because Addie's coming to take over. So I'm going to take off. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Paul. I hope you got some rest. He pointed out that Sondland did say he never heard directly from Trump that the aid and investigations were linked, and that led to the president declaring on Twitter that Wednesday was a win, which, sure, Jan. And now, after all that, there's another round of hearings to get through. Stick around, and we'll give you the play-by-play in today's Nixometer reading. Chief-It, we're tired of hearing new year, new you, fat-burning secrets, and lose weight fast. The only thing you need to lose is self-doubt. 
The body you're in deserves respect, love, and support. Support you're not getting from your current sports bra. It's time to experience the only sports bra that actually does its job and outperforms the most popular brands on the market. It's time to feel real support from SheFit. Save $10 today at SheFit.com slash 2022. It's time to gear up for the NFL postseason. Yes, Head over to NFLShop.com today for the largest assortment of officially licensed gear. I need it! NFL Shop is your destination for jerseys, t-shirts, headwear, and more. Oh, you're sweet with it! Come back after the game for the best selection of NFL gear anywhere. How you like that, baby? Rep your team pride with styles fit for the whole family. To shop now, go to NFLShop.com. Hello, hello. Hey, I don't know if you heard, but my podcast, Checking It, has been nominated for the NAACP Image Award in the category of Outstanding Lifestyle and Self-Help Podcast. I'm grateful for the nomination. I, I almost didn't even do a podcast because I was just wondering, there are thousands of podcasts out there and why is my voice needed? But a nomination from the NAACP lets me know that um, I made the right choice. And I encourage you to do, don't worry if there are thousands of something out that you want to do. No, nobody has your sauce. So listen, you can still vote. Go to vote.naacpimageawards.net. You have until February 5th, um, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And please listen to my podcast. We're a part of the Black Effect Podcast Network on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for checking in. Okay, we're back. On to the undercard fight of the day with David Hale and Laura Cooper. Cooper is the Pentagon official who has Russia and Ukraine in her portfolio, and she told Congress that she was extremely concerned about this summer's hold on military aid, which she referred to as FMF, the mega official term for it. But like Ambassador Bill Taylor last week, she came prepared with some new information. Here's what she dropped in her opening statement. Deposition testimony was publicly released on November 11th, 2019. Members of my staff read the testimony and have come to me since then and provided additional information. Specifically, on the issue of Ukraine's knowledge of the hold or of Ukraine asking questions about possible issues with the flow of assistance, my staff showed me two unclassified emails that they received from the State Department. One was received on July 25th at 2.31 p.m. That email said that the Ukrainian embassy and House Foreign Affairs Committee are asking about security assistance. The second email was received on July 25th at 4.25 p.m. That email said that the Hill knows about the FMF situation to an extent, and so does the Ukrainian embassy. Okay, that's pretty damn big. As a refresher, here's what the first two witnesses, Bill Taylor and George Kent, told the Democrats' lawyer at the first hearing a million years ago. Ambassador Taylor, you testified that President Trump obviously also knew that the aid had been frozen as well, since he was responsible for doing that. Is that correct? That's what I had been told. That's what we heard on that conference call, yes. But to neither of your knowledge, the Ukrainians were not aware of that at that point. Not to my knowledge. Not to my knowledge. 
Now, Republicans seized on that to argue that there couldn't be any pressure on the Ukrainians if the Ukrainians didn't know the money was held up. But the emails Cooper brought forward suggest that, yes, Ukraine knew that there was something fucked up with the aid delivery, and they reached out about it just hours after Trump's call with Zelensky. Cooper later said that it's not normal for the Ukrainians to just call to check up to see how their funding is doing. They only do so for something specific. Hale, meanwhile, is the number three person at the State Department, and the questioning towards him was, uh, lackluster. That makes sense because by this point, it's clear that everyone was exhausted due to the fact that the hearing didn't start until nearly 6 p.m., and the committee skipped out on the normal lawyers' questions and went straight to the committee members. Republicans honed in on Hale's previous testimony, where he said that there have been many cases of foreign aid being frozen in the past. But he didn't give Representative John Ratcliffe quite as clear-cut an answer as he wanted about an ongoing hold on aid to Lebanon. It was first held, withheld from Lebanon. Uh, from Lebanon. Um, were you given a reason why it was withheld? No. So having no explanation for why aid is being withheld is not uncommon? I would say it, it is not the normal way that we function. But does happen. It does happen. And if the day wasn't bad enough for Secretary of State Pompeo, he got dragged back into the inquiry in the evening session. Representative Mike Quigley asked Hale about the case of Marie Ivanovich, the former U.S. ambassador to Ukraine, and why the State Department never wound up giving her the support she asked for in the face of a smear campaign orchestrated by Rudy Giuliani this spring. Uh, You testified around the same time that the secretary did not render assistance to a long-serving and highly respected ambassador, he made two phone calls uh, to Rudy Giuliani. Is that right? Uh, it's correct that he. That I've seen a record that he made those phone calls. One on March 28 and again the next day on March 29. I saw the record of that, yes. Right. So we don't know what he said to Rudy Giuliani, But we have a pretty good idea what Rudy Rudy Giuliani said to him. Get rid of Yovanovitch. She was gone and the statement never came forward, right? Correct. Those calls were not reported before Hale's testimony was released. So I, for one, am wildly curious about what the heck Pompeo said to Giuliani on them. And uh, that was it. By the time things wrapped around 8 p.m., everyone just seemed tired as hell. And, well, I'll let BuzzFeed congressional correspondent Addie Baird give you a vibe check on how the Hill was feeling when everything was done. So feel the vibe. Hello, Have and Peach Pond listeners. It's Addie. I'm on the Hill at the end of a very long day. Um, the afternoon hearings started late. They were supposed to start around 2.30, but for various reasons, mostly having to do with Congress being Congress. Um, They didn't start until about 5.30. In order to save time, they decided to skip lawyer questioning and go straight to member questioning. It will not shock listeners of this podcast to know that it was not particularly enlightening and even worse than usual, honestly, because everyone was just so tired. The afternoon hearings did not pass the vibe check. (laughs) That's my report. Uh, yeah, that's some real talk. Thanks, Addie. And now, with what little strength remains in our bodies, we present today's reading from our Nixometer. Well, I'm not a crook. On our scale, a zero is a normal day in a normal White House, and ten is President Richard Milhouse Nixon resigning and flying away in Marine One. And this morning, we're at a 7.3. 
Wednesday morning was absolutely wild, and Sondland was more than happy to throw everyone else in the executive branch into the line of fire to save himself. And the facts of the case remain the same and just as bad for the president. Republicans, though, managed to cling tight to Sondland's inability to cite Trump specifically saying, please give me a bribe, Ukraine. So as we head into the final hearings of this inquiry, question mark, we've got a hell of a lot that's going to be going into potential articles of impeachment. All right, it's time to testify. Up next, we have JK. We're done for the week, guys. We are fresh out of new hearings after today's ends. Will the Democrats call more witnesses next week? Well, that's up to Schiff. For now, just enjoy the last two folks testifying today. Okay. Fuck. That is it for today. Tomorrow, we'll have all the hot Hill and Holmes goss for you. But before we go, as always, we want to hear from you, the listeners. And this week, we really want to know, as the hearings have piled up and grown, and now that they're finally at their end for now, what are you still or newly confused by? What just doesn't make sense? Open the voice memo app on your phone, record your message, and send it to us at impeachment at buzzfeed.com. Or just send me a direct message on Twitter. I'm at Hayes Brown, and my DMs are always open. Be sure to subscribe on the iHeartRadio app or Apple Podcasts, and uh, please, please leave a rating and a review. Also, tell your friends about the show as we all figure this out together. We've all felt left out. And for people who move to this country, that feeling lasts more than a moment. We can change that. Learn how at belongingbeginswithus.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. This is Roxanne Gay, the host of the Roxanne Gay Agenda, the bad feminist podcast of your dreams. Each week I talk to an interesting person about feminism, race, writing in books and art, food, pop culture, and yes, politics. We can't escape politics. Listen to the Luminary Original Podcast, The Roxanne Gay Agenda, every Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, dog. Cat. Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe. Uh, giraffe. You're not going to get it all right. Just make sure you nail the big stuff, like making sure your kids are buckled correctly in the right seat for their age and size. Get it right. Visit NHTSA.gov. Slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.